Do you think you may have a problem with your alcohol consumption or drug use? Are you thinking about quitting and want to know what all the sober hype is about? Are you in recovery and chose to tune in for some inspiration? Whatever the reason, I'm so grateful you are here with me today. My name is Sarah, and I am the creator and host of this podcast. I spent most of my life drinking, and eventually I realized how alcohol was negatively impacting my life in many ways. One day at the age of 39, I decided I was sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, and I reached out for help. I have been sober since 2012, and it has changed my life in ways I never imagined. I am so happy that I got the chance to live a more comfortable life, free of the chains of addiction. Today, my life just keeps getting better. Sober Gratitudes was born out of the desire to recover out loud so that others could see the hope in sobriety. In each episode, I speak with a recovered alcoholic or addict who shares how their life changed for the better after they got sober. I welcome you to subscribe to my podcast to hear these amazing stories of people from all walks of life. They too want to share in this mission to help others and to end stigmas of addiction. I promise you, you will be inspired. Whether you have been here before or you were a first-time listener, I would be so grateful if you would take a minute to write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show so that it can reach more people who may be struggling. You can also reach me at sobergratitudes at gmail.com with any questions or comments. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again for dropping in today and welcome to Sober Gratitudes. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode six of Sober Gratitudes. My name is Sarah, and I'm so happy to have you here today for a great episode with a humble and hilarious guy. His name is Clay and is the author of The Sarcastic Big Book, which is the version that no one should take seriously. And he also hosts the podcast on Recovery Radio KMP3. I had so much fun talking with Clay, and I'm really glad you are here to listen to his perspective, wisdom, and gratitudes from 30 years of sobriety. Please forgive the audio recording for this episode. We encountered some strange robotic-sounding hiccups. However, I am sure you won't be distracted because the content is just so great. So without further ado, welcome Clay. Clay? Sarah, you you got in. I'm in. I'm in. Did you? I realized I forgot to tell you to sign up for an anchor account. Were yeah, you doing, that's a, that's you're doing a, that. Okay, I good. Doing, I'm in. I was. I did a fast. <laughs> yes, literally a part of the anchor world. I did a fast, just like life. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> oh good so we're recording now excellent and i'm really just so excited you're on my podcast me too i'm excited to be here thank you for asking me well thank you for being on and so yeah so we got to talk a little bit before the official recording right and um got to know you a little bit but of course there's so much more i want to know and also for like the listeners too right you know. my goal for this podcast really is to 
prove to people that life is good. Yes. Putting down the drink. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. Right. It's amazing. And it's in my, yeah, in my experience. In my experience too. Yeah. I didn't think it would be. I did not either. I was convinced that it was the end of life. And uh, it the steps looked like uh, a prison sentence or a, a jail cell or the shutting down of my heart and everything that I ever wanted. And the opposite turned out to be true for me. Same. I had the same exact experience. It yeah. took me a little bit longer, though, to, <laughs> to get to the place where I was like, okay, I surrender. Right. Yeah, I surrendered. Uh, yeah, I started young and, and finished young. And it bummed me out at the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, tell the listeners why it bummed you out. So I, uh, because my plan was to just be drunk, buzzed, sloshed, wasted. Can I cuss on this show? Okay. Um, making sure. Um, <laughs> but my plan was to be wasted for the rest of my life, and and, and it was the only happiness I, time that my head was quiet and I had any form of peace. And so my mission was to you know, keep that feeling I I had when I was drunk, and 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 do that until I was sixty. 70 and I was very mad when I when life stopped me and I wasn't able to do that anymore it stopped working it stopped it just stopped working my head did not get quiet anymore and I was losing things that mattered to me and I couldn't put it down and I couldn't I couldn't stop and and I didn't I didn't I didn't want to stop but I I uh I couldn't control it and it wasn't fun anymore and and uh it ruined my whole life and uh I was very mad about that. I was very mad. And then my last drunk was uh, in October of 1989. And uh, I was homeless. I was unemployable. I was, I'd flatlined um, uh, from alcohol oh, poisoning. Oh, you literally I did. Died. Oh, wow. Okay. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I was, uh, my heart stopped beating. And, um, and uh, then I had DTs for, what seemed like months and uh did you ever have those uh no but i was definitely shaky and i i detoxed in the yeah. rooms yeah i was not comfortable physically yeah. right right yeah no i i for me that was i don't i don't even remember where i was in a hospital or somewhere but in my mind um gee i was just there was this satanic monkey sitting perched in my window and uh he was just you know uh, motioning this endless stream of satanic monkeys into my room and they were just hopping in my window single file it seemed to go on for months and months it was just and i just laid there shaking and crying and terrified and it was just it was it was fun (laughs) (laughs) makes you want to go back out and do it again (laughs) yeah yeah that's my you know i um you know how there's a beer commercials, everyone's really tan and, and, and beautiful and playing volleyball and, and, uh, and they all 
they're happy and anyways that's my beer commercial you know that's part of my beer commercial is the, <laughs> is the flat lining and the delirium tremens <laughs> wow that's pretty crazy yeah and that happens for a yeah. lot of us i know that kind of crazy yeah. stuff well so clay before like that really the end of the line major episode did you you know i mm-hmm. I, I always you know tell people that there were seeds planted for a while in my mm-hmm. life kind of whispering in my ear you know this isn't the right yeah. way for you and and i ignore them yeah. did you did you have any of that kind of ex- in the sh- well i mean i guess your career of drinking was long if you started when when you were not yeah. yet 10 it was about it was about 10 years 10 years okay. long yeah so i started when i was nine started drinking wow. and uh yeah i know i know now i look at nine-year-olds and i'm just like fuck yeah, I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean that's a child yes, you were a little baby <laughs> but I, I was a little baby but i was just i was started living like an adult and uh no parenting um parents had split up and i had a lot of privacy and a lot of downtime and i could do whatever i wanted and and um but yeah i mean so was there yeah but, like was, did you have it, before like the end like the the final i guess end game yeah did you have did you did you experience any kind of seeds like like maybe like situations that you were like wait a minute should i i shouldn't be doing this or this isn't right or oh yeah yeah, there were there were a lot. Um, there were a lot. I mean, it happened a lot. Basically, the last two years I was drinking was just nothing but those experiences coming in and out of blackouts. I came out of a blackout in the next state one time. Wow. Um, I ditched high school. I hopped a fence and and uh, in California and at a school in Southern California and came out of my blackout in, in Reno, Nevada. Wow. And uh, that was terrifying. And I, I, I'd never been there. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. I looked out the window, and it's the biggest little city in the world. And I, I, I thought I was dreaming. I didn't even know what it was. And uh, that did not make me stop. And um, I remember in school there was the the questions that we have in in AA, the twenty mm-hmm. questions, and. For our sociology class, our teacher one time had us all do this, and uh, and I got eighteen of them. And uh, she was the teacher was going through them, and she was like flipping through them, and she's like, "Okay, zero, you know, the score here's zero, the score here's zero, score here's zero, score here's five. That person's got to be lying." <laughs> and I I just sank in my chair, you know. And when she got to mine, she just dismissed it. But I was thinking. That was the first time I thought this is not normal. Yeah. That's and some it takes some people a long time to realize that that something like like that experience is not normal. Right. But you came around pretty you came yeah, around a little the, bit quicker. It seems. Well, to sobriety. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean I did. I mean, um I just didn't have, I can't, I can't say this enough. I, if I had two options, if I had one other option other than the 12 steps, I would have done it. I mean, one other option, including somebody 
giving me a couch for the night mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, one other, somebody would have bought me cigarettes. One, somebody would have given me five dollars if there was one. It, but I reached a point where there was no. There was nothing except AA. There was nothing. I mean, my family had um, moved and th- threw me out when I was um, seventeen. They left the state and said, "You you can't come." Yeah. And uh, and I, I I was I was so furious. I was yeah. in high school. I said, "How could you do this?" Yeah. You know. But they left and they said, "Figure it out." And, and so, but anyways, by the time I came to AA, there was really the only reason I did. The only reason I did is because I just didn't. There was no. I I did not have. I work with a lot of guys who, um, you know, they're in sober living or they're in rehabs or they've they have someone's putting them up or someone's paying for their phone or someone's and I just don't relate to any of it. I I, I would not have done the steps if I had any of that stuff. So. Uh- it was, yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so we we spent ten minutes talking about kind of the war stories. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. That's it. We're done. Now, now <laughs> we're done. right along. Moving along yeah. to the good stuff. Yeah. So. Um, yes. So now you're an author and a host of a really cool podcast. And you've you've lived uh, many years sober, right? In thirty years, yeah, sober, in a yes. wonderful program that has a phenomenal design for living. Yes, and yes. and it works for some and not for others. So, um, it worked for you. It worked for me. It continues yes. to work for me. Yeah, me so, too. So, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, I wrote down questions, but now they're going out of order. Did you, um, one thing that, you know, I experienced was, you know, early on in sobriety, I would, I felt like I was just white knuckling it. Like I knew, I knew it was the right place for me to be. You know, I knew, I knew that Mm I, I had to live in, in the world of, soberhood, you know, soberville, you know, that's because it got to mm-hmm. the point where it was just like, I was done. Like I was really tired, really, really tired. You're right. But, and, I, but I just didn't, I still kind of didn't, there was something I didn't get about the whole program. And, and then all of a sudden I had an experience and it just create caused for this like massive mind shift and this right. mind shift subsequently you know, affected like my senses, my mental condition. I mean, I felt like I was going crazy, but good crazy, but really uncomfortable crazy. Yeah. It, it, can you talk to, can you speak to that? Can you, did, did you find that you had an experience or some like several experiences similar in nature? Um, what do you mean? What, what I just want to understand sure. the question yeah. completely. So I guess mind shift, like as we, you know, we say spiritual awakening, I suppose. Oh my gosh. Yes. So many. Yes, yes, yes. I had one major, major one after, um, 
after the fir- the first time I went to a meeting after my last drunk, and I was I was uh, I'd gone to this meeting forty days prior to that, and I know that because the greeter, whose name was Otto, he gave me a big book, and he wrote the date down in it, and he said a year from now we'll give you a cake and uh i did not stay sober i i came back like 40 40 days later and um, he was there again and this is after my last drunk and uh and he said how long do you have he said how long have you been sober and i didn't know how to answer that because i was i was i still felt drunk i was still going through it and uh, I said, one day, and he looked at me and it was the first time I made eye contact with another person in years. And we just stared at each other. And he said, we do that. Mm. And he was like 50 and I was 18. And uh, I just went into, into the meeting and I just was thinking about what he said. We do that. What does he mean? We, what does that mean? What does he mean? We, and then I was looking around the room and everybody was seemed sober and they seemed content and they seemed so um, they just, there was something there. And I'd been going to meetings for years, but not, not in this state of mind. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd been going to meetings for years when in a judgmental and or drunk state. And um, this is the first time I sat in the back really, needing it really i needed it i needed it i was looking around and i was like i was looking at that man and i was thinking i couldn't get over this i I just kept thinking he has not drank since i saw him last i couldn't comprehend i couldn't comprehend it i couldn't comprehend somebody staying sober for 40 days yeah (laughs) i couldn't wrap myself around it i mean we were talking before we started recording today um you know, you, you said something to the effect of you've only been sober for, you know, this many years. And it was, it, it, that's just like, it's, it's, it's so incredible that we're sober at all. And it's been such a long time for both yeah. of us to me. Yeah. But I was just sitting there and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't believe it. And, uh, and then I started thinking all these people are sober for a long time. And then I started thinking, um, anyways, I started thinking, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was just tripping out on this, the fact that these people were sober. And as I was leaving that room that night, I don't remember, there was a speaker, he spoke for 45 minutes, I don't know what he said. And uh, I got back in my car, and as I was sitting down in my car, this something happened to me. And the way I could describe it would be, it lasted about a second it was very 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 brief and i was an atheist up to this point in my life and the way i would describe it is all these i saw all these fingers of blame that i had pointed at the world and everyone in it and i watched them all slowly turn around and point at me wow and and i felt i felt there was no doubt in my mind there was something other than me that 
existed and cared about me and and I knew two things about it right away. One was I would never be able to explain mm-hmm. it. And two was um, it wasn't me. And that one second of my life that happened in 1989, that one little second was the defining moment of my whole life. My whole last 30 years has been an attempt to get back to that level of open-mindedness. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it was the only second in my whole life that I was humble. Oh, wow. I really do because of that at that moment I, I I really ah I mean at that moment I had complete deflation I was just I was out of ideas I was I was just wide open and then immediately I became a preaching self-centered <laughs> asshole <laughs> um and uh it's just been a process for last 30 years to try to get back to that state of mind that I was in for that one second where I knew I, 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 uh, I believed I came to believe right then and there. And I was very, it was incredible. Clay, that's amazing. I've, I've had, I, I know what you're talking about because I've, I've had that experience a couple times, but the, the, they show up wow. in dreams, like really like visceral dreams. Yeah. So, and I don't know when I'm going to share that to the world (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) because it's so sacred to me. Yes, it is sacred. It's it's, and and it's hard to like, I I did tell some people like right after one of them happened and, and they look at, they looked at me like cross-eyed, like who is this crazy girl? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So then I, so, yeah, for the, so I'm like, maybe yeah. I should be careful like who I tell because I don't want people I mean I'm crazy enough. I don't want people to think I'm even more crazy. You know, for that for that for that very reason, I didn't I didn't I hardly talked about I almost never shared that story until very no recently. No kidding. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because I just for the same reason yeah. I just thought I mean, it just for some reason it just never really seemed helpful until not that long ago. I was like, what are you doing by not sharing this? I should share this. That's just really, that's really cool. Thanks for sharing it on my podcast. Yeah. And then right after that happened, I, I, I went barreling over to this donut shop where all my friends were hanging out doing acid. And I started preaching to them that they had to find God. <laughs> <laughs> and they all, they all told me to go to hell. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that was that was what happened to me. <laughs> oh wow, that's incredible! Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so since I I just keep thinking, you know, okay, you've been oh my gosh, thirty years, and for me that seems like wow, but it doesn't seem impossible because I I mean because I know that that's what I want in my life. Like I want to continue to live a sober life, and I always keep seeking out um, to to you know I I, I want to remain teachable and and always be a work in progress and never do I claim to be perfect. I mean, I'm far from it. Right. Same. But I, I, I am like, I'm excited for 30 years, just as I'm excited for tomorrow. Right. Because how are things going to get better? You know, and because every year I celebrate another year of sobriety of not drinking at all. I, I think this is it. I've reached euphoria. It can't get any better. 
I love that you said that because I have thought that and said that to myself literally hundreds of times now where I've said, this is it. This is, this is it. This is the ceiling of, of feeling amazing. And I've been wrong. Every Me time. too. Yeah. It just gets, it's the exact, exact opposite of alcohol where the more I drank, the less it worked. But the more I apply these principles in my life and the more I, the more, the longer I apply these principles, the better they work. Yeah. And the, and the, and the more amazing it becomes for That's me. Spot on. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. And it's, a, you know, sometimes I watch, I watch shows. Um, I love, I love shows about like life after death or people who have died and come back and, and they share how it was when they, when they flatlined or whatever. And then they right. come back and then the way they talk about how they change. I, I yeah. identify with that. Cause I'm like, that's kind of how I felt after mm-hmm. I kind of had my big mind, quote, mind shift or spiritual awakening. I'm like, I felt like I was like, I, I feel like I'm the same person, but I feel completely different in ways that yes. I'm still trying to discern, you know? Yeah. Yes. And, and it's, it's really interesting because I'm it not is. afraid anymore to live my life, which I was before. I mean, I lived in fear like for so long and it's just, yes. such, I just want to celebrate every day that I'm not living in fear. When I was new, um, I didn't think that I was in fear, but it was really like you could have put glasses on me that had fear written across them, you know, and every, I was just, my whole life was, I mean, I was afraid of everything and I didn't, I didn't know that. And now, now I have, I do have one recurring fear that really won't go away. I'll share it with you what it is. I've never shared this. Um, It's that, um, that I die while I'm listening to a really shitty song. (laughs) What would qualify as a shitty song? Uh, Oh gosh. <laughs> Cause I think you like a lot of music, right? So I love a lot of music, but I just I don't wanna I don't wanna go out listening to something. Um I don't know. I don't want to put anybody yeah, down on the right. show. Yeah, you know okay. Yeah. I get it. I get it. No, that yeah, yeah that wouldn't be fun to <laughs> but then I just you know, I'm driving with someone and this is my this is my nightmare. I'm driving with someone and uh they're just listening to some terrible thing and, and, and I'm a passenger in a car and that's how I go. It's like, that's, that's what I'm sent away with. Well, so anyways, that's really, that's, that's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> but I used to be, I used to be afraid mm-hmm. of everything and, and the promises as they're known, you know, one of them is fear of mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. will leave us. And, and that is true. Yeah. Yeah, and let's th- can we talk a little bit more about fear? Because I think, I think yes. what I what I want to, sh- I guess, clarify is that when I guess f- the, when we say fear will leave us, it's not like fear of um, a scary movie, right? Okay, right. Um, tell me about what fear, like de- define fear for you, like what what that is at, at, okay. at its core <clears throat> okay so 
at its core, I mean, when I, I'll tell you what my thoughts were initially about it and what they okay. are today, because they're okay. very different. Initially, the first time I, I, I became aware of the fact that I was afraid was when I put together that I wasn't sharing in a meeting because I was afraid of what people thought of me. Mm-hmm. And that was the first, I guess, fear that I consciously confronted. I was confronting fears before that in sobriety, but that was the first one was like, this is fear. And uh, just stick your hand up and just share, walk through it. And it was just really simple for me like that in the beginning, because I just, I just didn't see it anywhere else. And that was the first time I could see that I was not doing something out of fear. Mm and today what it looks to me like i know today that when i'm afraid i am playing god Mm -hmm. and i don't believe that my heart god as i understand god does not want me to be afraid and the book describes fear as one of the ways selfishness shows up in my life so now when i I'm afraid of something. My thought process is the first thing I think is um, I'm relying on myself right now. There's no God. I'm afraid because this is like I'm godless at this moment. And, and uh, where's God? He doesn't want me to be mm-hmm. afraid. And uh, <laughs> because I'm not helping anyone. When I'm afraid. Right. How useful is it? It's not useful right. to me. It's not useful to anyone around mm-hmm. me. <clears throat> I don't think that's just my that's just my belief. No, I I hear you. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. So now I'm looking at the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, we've been talking a half an hour, and I really want to get into um, the gratitudes. Then we might have to do like a yes. round two episode with Clay. Oh, sounds, <laughs> I'm right. down. Sounds amazing. A whole Let's series on sessions with clay um, <laughs> i am down i'm down so your wisdom can fly through the world and help oh my everyone. gosh i'll have to google wisdom and look up a bunch of stuff and share it with you. <laughs> okay so for the sake of the podcast and talking about gratitudes and and you know my mission i feel like my mission right now is to you know to um help people see and understand why we are so anyone, whatever program we, that works yes. for us. Right. Cause, the, and there's a lot out there, you know, that I see, I'm like, yes. I, I was blind. I didn't know there were so many out there, but Instagram and yeah. blogging that has like really educated me. I'm like, okay, cool. That's working for that person. Awesome. Um, right. But me too. I, I didn't know that. So, 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 so my mission is really, I don't know to try. Well, no, I do know that I, mm-hmm. that there is so much to be grateful for when we get sober and it's such yes. a difficult thing to even comprehend when we're actively drinking. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah. so no matter how, like, how much you drink or if you identify as an, as, I mean, you collectively, if you identify as a problem drinker, or if you just, you know, you, you're, you drink like one drink a month and you're listening to this podcast and you're like, what? Like, I feel gratitude today. 
well, what, or you are like a, you know, right. s- at such a rock bottom and you're like, I'm miserable. How, how right. can not drinking be any better? How can I find gratitude in, in right. sobriety? Um, and I think we have touched on, you know, you know, some in just what we've been discussing the topic is there's, there's so many wonderful th- things that happen to us when we get sober, yes. but I want to hear about like your gratitudes over the years and what that word, like, because for me, gratitude, that word gratitude has, has finally really shown up for me, which is why yes. I think I, I really wanted to start this, uh, so gratitudes account on Instagram and then poof. Oh, okay. I'll do a podcast too. Um, Right. So for you, I want to hear about your experiences with that, that word and how that plays out and how that shows up for you in, in a life without alcohol. So <clears throat> my first, um, my first remember, my first memory with gratitude is um, when I, the desire to drink was not there. And I just couldn't mm-hmm. believe it. I just could not believe that like the first drink to me is like an opponent in a boxing ring. And if that opponent shows up, I will eventually lose the Mm -hmm. fight. I can win some rounds and some people can win a lot of rounds, but I was able to win some rounds, but what that means is I could study my opponent. I could train. I could get really strong. I could watch footage of my opponent. I could just write about my opponent. But if my opponent shows up, um, eventually I'll lose. Mm -hmm. And my only chance at staying sober is if the opponent just doesn't show up. That's the only way I can Mm -hmm. win. And my experience in taking the steps is that one day I woke up and the opponent was not in the ring and uh, makes me want to cry oh, right now. It's such a relief, right? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's always the first thing I think about when I wake up now and I, I, I look at the ring and I say to myself, wow, the opponent's not there and thank you. And, what can I do to repay this? How can I live a life that warrants this amount of grace? What can I do today? And uh, that was my first my, my first thought about it. My, but a, a defining moment in my uh, life was when I was sober a couple years, and I had lost gratitude really, and uh, I was very very into self. And uh, didn't see it. I was thinking about myself all day long. And I was going to meetings, but I was just consumed with myself and uh, trying to figure everything out. And there was nothing to figure out, but I didn't know that. But um, the man who really showed me by example and and, and in, in practical terms what is in the big book walked past me before a meeting. And he said, how you doing? And I said, okay. And he had been sober for a very long time and he smiled this loving smile. He came over to me and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, if you were honest with yourself, you'd say you've never been doing better in your life. 
And uh, hmm. I didn't know exactly what he meant, but I knew, my soul knew that that was the truth. And so I spent a long time, years, sort of untangling that, you know, and came to see that, um, that I always have enough information to convince myself my life sucks. Everyone does. Mm. It's always there. And also, much more than that, there's always information there to, for me to say, you know, to see that I'm, I'm like the most blessed person who was ever born. And I, I, I believe. And um, so it's just really what I kind of look at it like, uh, is, this, is, is this making sense? Absolutely. Sarah? Okay. I look at it like this now, like I look at it, and this is going to sound like a bunch of psycho babble nonsense. I don't mean for it to, this is literally how I am. I need visual things to help me. And uh, I, I, I literally imagine my, my, my psyche is a garden and what do I water now? You know, I just try, I don't water weeds. And I have so much to be grateful for. And then my last thing about it was, um, when I was new, when people would relapse, I would, I would, I would quiz them. I would, I would track them down and, and ask them questions because I can't drink again. So I would ask people, why did you relapse? Walk me through it. What happened? What happened? Why? Explain it to me. Please explain it to me. I was so afraid of drinking mm-hmm. again. And so I talked to person A and person A would say, I stopped going to meetings. And then I said, okay, so it's meetings. And then I talked to person B and they said, I went to a meeting on Tuesday and I drank Tuesday night. So I said, okay, it's not meetings. Mm -hmm. And then I talked to a person C and they said, uh, you know, I, I, I was, I was hearing someone's inventory and I, I, you know, I left, I parted ways with them and I went and drank. And I was like, what is it? What is it? But there, I know there's one thing that I never heard. I never talked to someone who was grateful, who relapsed. Not one person said to me, Well, I was feeling amazing. I was feeling really grateful for my life. (laughs) I was really aware of, you know, I I never heard that. And um, that means a lot to me. Uh, So I know when I'm getting ungrateful and I get ungrateful a lot. And, and uh, it's a red flag for me when I, as soon as I can see that I'm not ingratitude it bothers me because I know I'm not where I want to be and it happens oh. a lot mm-hmm. same I can have a conversation where I, I just know I just know like you know I just feel so amazing and so centered and three minutes later I'll start playing God and get out of gratitude and it's like wow it's uncomfortable <laughs> right yes and it's that I know for me like I I love what you just said. I'm just, I'm just awesome. But, but the, how I used to be was just in, in my head. Like that's where all the, the problems were occurring for me. I didn't know it. Like it was like, you said, like the whole finger pointing and back at you. And it was everyone else. Like I was such a victim. Like you all screwed me up and you all did this. And that's why I'm angry, you know? Yeah. And then to, to not 
to, to not be that way in recovery, you know, like, like you, you're evolving into this, you know, this more joyful soul. And then, and then yes. if you, if you like act kind of stumble and get in that place where, where I, ha- I, I do stumble and mm-hmm. get that, like that judging, I'm like, where, oh gosh, where's this coming from? I'm like, I got to stop. I got to stop. It doesn't feel good. It yeah. feels really weird. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. It's 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 um, it, it, it's not described as the the beanbag chair of self, or the cozy chair of self, or relieve me of the jacuzzi of self. You know, <laughs> it sucks. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's it's a prison. It's not. It feels like shit. It does, and you know, and 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 it and it feels uncomfortable like early sobriety was uncomfortable for me like but two different types of uncomfortable but kind of the same like this un like like sometimes I explain to people like I when I got sober I started doing things people suggested I did to do things and I was thinking what and, and I, and I would do them because I'm like every of everything else didn't work for me, you know, in the 25 right. years that I drank, you know, my way was not working at all. And, and it felt like I was writing with the hand in early recovery. Okay. It just was like, and I felt right. like I was just tripping and stumbling and I couldn't like, and I was squirmy in my skin and I didn't feel right. And and I did slip up two times. I mean, there were like one time, like mm. early recovery, because I think I just couldn't handle feeling that right. I, this. But then once I got through that, like once I got, you know, walked through many fires, you know, like yes. got over bridges and realized, okay, that feeling <clears throat> that emotion is not going to kill me or, you know, I, 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 uh, I, I lived through it. And then, and, and, and then now, so that ickiness of early recovery is gone. And, and now I'm, I feel like I'm in the state of, I I just, I'm so grateful that I got, I'm here today at this very moment. And I've, and I've got to tell everyone about it because, you know, it, 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 because I feel so good. And, and I, I love, like, I don't know. I want, I want everyone else to feel that good. I feel the same way. I'm, listening to us i'm uh, i'm thinking i i know i know that we just want to help i know that's yeah. the goal yeah. i know that's your mission i know that's my mission i don't want to my I, I was so excited to come on the show because hopefully it will help one person and that's that feels so i'm just really happy about that i know that's what you want mm-hmm. and I recently found, uh, not that long ago, I found like my journals that I kept when I was new for like the first two years, three years. And I was a mess. I mean, it, I was just, it was just all over the place. It was just everything you just said. I didn't, I wouldn't have been able to hear much of people with the amount of time that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wouldn't have, it was just, I would just think your life is simpler or my, I, I just, I just felt so, I was, I was, it was rough. It was really rough. Describing it the way you did where we were writing with the wrong hand is so perfect because that's just what everything felt like for me for a while. And I guess like what I want to convey today more than anything is that wherever you're at, it's, 
you can do it. There's mm-hmm. hope. Um, we relate. It's okay. It will pass. Your feelings will go. Will change mm-hmm. like the weather, <laughs> you know. And um, and if it stayed like that, I know you wouldn't be sober, and I, I know I wouldn't be sober if it right. was always like as bumpy and uncomfortable and up and down and hit and miss as it was in, you know, early recovery, neither one of us would mm-hmm, still be here. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And, and the, I, I, to add to that in terms of, you know, getting sober and how we, we stay sober. Cause that's, I, I, I did want to, I, I think I understand how you stay sober. Right. And for, for me, I, I try so hard to stay, to get sober just on my own, like secretively, you know, nobody knew about it. And it was such a lonely place to be, you know, right. and, and, and I, I did have a lot of will, uh, like willfulness, like bad willfulness. And, right. and then, and it was such me a relief, too. right? Like it's such a relief when I, you know, you find, oh, wait, like, you know, I've, I've talked about Elton John before and in another interview, cause he's like one of my idols in music and his recovery that, you know, he says, you know, if you're struggling, ask for help. You know, there are, there's so many people out there who need help, who can't do it alone, you know, and, right. and how, however you can latch on to some kind of lifestyle that keeps you with other people like together right then then you've got a shot a really good shot maybe a better shot you know first you know i don't know the percentage i don't know the facts you know the the statistics i guess but for this alcoholic i know that i needed i needed a lot of people rallying around me and i still do i still do This one too. I, I I need a lot of people around me. I needed a lot of people around me then. It was like, I don't know, it was like Rocky walking into the ring. You know, he didn't walk in by himself. Yeah. There was the rad guy who had the toothpick who never said anything. There was Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> there was, you know, <laughs> he had a team. <clears throat> yeah, you know yeah. that guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy's awesome. I needed him. I still have him. I still have that weird guy. He's just there and he does a bunch of stuff, but you know, doesn't say much. But I needed I needed I needed that. I need that. It's amazing. Yeah. And we can have that. And anybody could have that. If that if that's what you want, mm-hmm. that's it. That's what you'll have. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Clyde. This- Great talking to you. Uh, it's been Same. such an amazing episode experience for me. Thank you. You're, you know, a really cool guy. And we'll have to, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to talk a little more after this, hopefully. Yeah, and we'll talk about, you know, part two, maybe. Let's do part we'll two. See what the listeners say. No, well, let's see what they yeah, say. Yeah, and then we'll go from there. They might say. They might say, we, we enjoy your show. Um, please don't have Clay on again. <laughs> um, 
other than that, five stars. But he was very, um, <laughs> I don't know. He just rubbed me the wrong way a, a, a lot of times. So just sans him, you have a great thing going on. And thank you. <laughs> they, they might say that. We'll see. And I'm, I'm excited <laughs> we'll to see. find out. Yeah, me too. That's fine. <laughs> awesome. Okay, Clay. Well, right. thanks so much. And, and have the best day thank of your you so life. Much. You too. You too. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you to my guest and all of you for listening. I hope what you heard inspires you to look for and recognize the gifts of sobriety. Sober Gratitudes, a podcast dedicated to delivering messages of hope through true stories of recovery. A sober life is possible if you truly want it.